Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to SaskAg Today with your host, Ryan Young. Hey everyone, good afternoon and welcome to Sask Egg Today. It's brought to you by Milligan Bio, the leading buyer of heated and damaged canola in Saskatchewan wants to buy your seed. Visit MilliganBio.com. Here's what we got going on for today's show. The president of Pulse Canada is optimistic about demand for Canadian products remaining strong in India. Cattle prices in Saskatchewan rebounded, according to the latest cattle market update from Canfax. And scientists have been attempting to keep pace with new virulent pathotypes of club root in canola. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. You're listening to Sask Ag Today on 620 CKRM. This is Sask Ag Today with 620 CKRM Ag News Director Ryan Young. Sask Ag Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And Farm Fresh Water. Fix your water problems. Visit farmfreshwater.ca. The president of Pulse Canada says there is still demand for Canadian products in India, despite ongoing tensions between the two countries. Greg Churwick also says the unique part about the Pulse industry's relationship with India is that it goes back 30 years. So the people-to-people ties, the business-to-business ties, uh, even the industry-to-industry relationships that we've developed at Pulse Canada, they're quite strong. So, you know, we have a network of people that we can work with that will help us manage through anything that might come up over time. So, I mean, the people at that high commission are incredibly important. At this stage, we don't really have any information on who's been impacted, so hard to say today, but, uh, you know, they're important to us. But so are the relationships that we've developed at more of a industry-to-industry, B2B level. His comment comes after Canada and India each expelled a top diplomat from each country, as well as India wanting Canada to reduce the number of diplomats to match the amount India has in Canada. Charowick says diplomats play an important role. You know, on a day-to-day basis, they're the kind of people that help you if you have trouble with shipments arriving in the country or documentation associated with those shipments. They can help you interpret things like uh, new policy measures, et cetera, that are often open to interpretation. But, you know, in addition to that, they're there for you over the long term. They're your eyes and ears on the ground. They're the people that help you with long-term kind of industry engagement strategies, working with governments, et cetera. He remains optimistic that demand will stay strong and there won't be any disruptions to the flow of products such as lentils. Yeah, and, and, and you know, every country around the world is contending with the same issues when it comes to food price inflation, and in particular, the cost of staple sources of of protein are are an important thing in in countries that we service. So 
affordability is really important and availability year-round of these staple sources of protein is, is important. So for those reasons, and because we have such strong relationships with the trade in that country, you know, we don't have any particular concerns at this point. Jarowick would obviously like to see tensions ease and have both countries resolve their issues. Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, honestly, the, the any time there's the diplomatic tension between our government and a, and a government in, in a market that we serve, it can create some uncertainty. And uncertainty, generally speaking, isn't good for business. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, the relationships that we establish at an industry level are really important. And, and I can tell you, the farmers that sit around our table, the members of the trade that sit around our table are 100% committed to markets like India. And, and I'm not saying this is unique to the pulse industry, but the reality is these farmers are producing food and they're producing staple foods. And they see it as being a, an absolute priority to ensure that the food that they grow is made available to people who need it 365 days a year. And they expect that that will be kept separate from any other issues that need to be resolved between governments. So, you know, it's a very strong sentiment here that that we need to continue to focus on the business that we're involved in, and that's providing food. Bilateral trade in goods between Canada and India reached $12 billion in 2022, a 57% increase from the previous year, according to the federal government. You're listening to Sask Ag Today. Coming up is the latest cattle market update from Canfax. We're back with Saskag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskag Today is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch. For Prairie 6-inch eaves trough, size matters. So see Prairie 6-inch eaves trough, your farm shop specialist. PrairieEavesTrough.ca And Western Ag Professional Agronomy. If you want to make cropping decisions with confidence, visit growmoreprofit.com. Saskatchewan cattle prices rebounded according to the latest cattle market update for the week ending October 20th. Livestock development intern at the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture, Emily Taylor, has the details on feeder prices. Saskatchewan feeder steer prices ranged from $514.83 per hundred rate for the 300 to 400 pound weight category down to $303.63 per hundred weight for the 900 plus pound weight category this week. Prices improved across most weight categories over the prior week, and the largest increase was in the 800 to 900 pound weight category with an average price increase of $6.62 per hundred weight. Weekly prices for feeder heifers ranged from $417.35 per hundred weight for the 300 to 400 pound weight category to $286.20 per hundred weight for the 800 plus pound weight category. There was an even mix of change across categories last week, with the largest price increase in the 300 to 400 pound heifers, which increased $3.60 per hundred weight. The largest price decline was in the 700 to 800 pound heifers, which decreased $6.08 per hundred weight to land at $303.17 per hundred weight. A couple of factors influenced cattle prices this past week. We're now in the middle of the fall run, which will limit price improvements as auction volumes increase. However, a strong demand remains for feeder cattle, which should help support prices. Feed grain prices increased slightly in the week ending October 20th. However, this shouldn't have a significant effect on feeding margins. Canfax reported 41,840 head of cattle sold at auction in Saskatchewan, twice as many compared to the previous week's 21,941 heads sold. It's also above the 40,520 head marketed during the same week last year. Taylor outlined the prices for Alberta cows. 
Prices of Alberta cows reported on October 20th were up compared to October 13th. D2 cows increased on average $1.86 per hundredweight from the previous week's average at $134.29 per hundredweight. D3 slaughter cows were up $1.53 per hundredweight over the prior week, ending the week at an average price of $122.86 per hundredweight. Emily Taylor is a livestock development intern at the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture with the latest cattle market update for the week ending October 20th. You're listening to Saskag Today. Up next is today's Ag Review. You're tuned in to Saskag Today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Today's Ag Review with Doug Falconer of GX94 is brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. Grain farmers and fertilizer shippers are all feeling the squeeze from a strike by St. Lawrence Seaway workers. The job action by 361 uniform members at 13 of the 15 locks along the Key Trade Corridor kicked off Sunday, shutting it down immediately. Crosby Devitt, who heads the Grain Farmers of Ontario, says the majority of crops yielded by the 28,000 producers he represents are exported as farmers wrap up the soybean harvest and begin to reap corn. Devitt says there is no export alternative to the Seaway, which runs between Lake Erie and Montreal and carried $16.7 billion worth of cargo last year, nearly half of it grain and iron ore. The St. Lawrence Seaway Management Corporation says it has applied to the Canada Industrial Relations Board for an exception for the transport of grain, a request that if granted would see the commodity flow through the artery despite the strike. Managed money fund traders remain bearish on canola, growing the net short position in the ice futures market to the second largest level of the past year. That's according to the latest Commitments of Traders report from the U.S. Commodity Futures Trading Commission. As of October 17th, the net managed money short position in canola futures came in at 70,768 contracts, an increase of about 9,000 contracts from the previous week and the largest net short position in seven months. Open interest in the canola market came in at 302,972 contracts, which was down by 2,350 contracts from the previous week. At the Chicago Board of Trade, fund traders were on both sides of the market, with the recently established net short position in soybeans edging up slightly at about 3,400 contracts. The Canadian Food Inspection Agency is getting closer to updating its seed regulations. The agency has released a What We Heard report, summarizing the responses of 315 individuals and groups who participated in an online survey from February 15th to May 1st. In its report, the CFIA said a large share of the 315 respondents, including seed growers, farmers, commodity groups and plant breeders, supported the following recommendations. Setting up a national variety registration system, developing a regulatory pathway for heritage and heirloom varieties, forming regional recommending committees with the authority to recommend placing a regional restriction on a variety registration in their specific region, continuing one national body establishing and determining the seed crop varietal purity standards to issue a seed crop certificate, and making the purity standards for number one and number two grades the same. 
A House of Commons committee is asking the heads of Canada's major grocery chains to explain their plans to stabilize food prices. The committee passed an NDP motion on Thursday to invite the grocery executives and summon them if necessary to testify about the measures their companies are taking to address food inflation. This comes after Industry Minister François-Philippe Champagne announced the companies have presented plans to the government to tackle rising prices, which he says include discounts, price freezes and price matching campaigns. However, most grocers have not confirmed details of these plans and Champagne recently said he wished they would be more forthcoming with the public on their commitments. The Parliamentary Committee is asking the grocers to submit their plans by November 2nd. The Canadian Food Grains Bank is calling for urgent humanitarian help in Gaza as the conflict continues to take a high toll on the most vulnerable. Over 6,000 men, women and children in Israel and Gaza have died in two weeks of conflict. More than 1.4 million people have been displaced. As a member of the Humanitarian Coalition, the Food Grains Bank is working with partner organizations and local groups to bring humanitarian assistance to the area. One of the greatest challenges groups face is the issue of access. On Saturday, a convoy of trucks carrying humanitarian aid crossed into southern Gaza for the first time since Israel began the siege. By Monday, aid and security sources reported that two more convoys had arrived via the Rafah crossing from Egypt. And that's today's Ag Review. I'm Doug Falk. It's your Saskag Today weather on your voice of Saskatchewan. 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, cloudy and a 60% chance of flurries. Winds from the northeast at 20, gusting to 40 kilometers an hour, high of minus 3. Tonight, cloudy and again another 60% chance of flurries. Winds up to 15 kilometers an hour, low minus 10. Tomorrow, mainly cloudy, winds up to 15 clicks again, high of minus 7. The wind chill near minus 17, and tomorrow's low is minus 13. Thursday cloudy, high of minus 7, low minus 9. Friday cloudy, high of minus 6, the low minus 10. Saturday partly cloudy, high of minus 7, the low minus 10 again. Sunday sunshine, high of minus 3, low minus 9. And Monday sunny, high of minus 1 degree. Normal highs for the period are 7 degrees. My wife this morning was hoping for temperatures like that for the rest of the week. Fortunately, that's not the case according to the forecast. Normal lows for the period, meanwhile, are at minus 5. Sun rose at 7.36 this morning, and the sun will set at 5.49. Taking a look around the province in Estevan, it is plus 1. Estevan is also the provincial warm spot. Swift Current, minus 8. Saskatoon, minus 6. Weyburn, minus 1. Yorkton, minus 5. And the cool spot in the province is at Cypress Hills Provincial Park at minus 10.5 degrees. In Regina, some mist winds from the north-northeast at 23 to 32 kilometers an hour. Humidity at 89%. Temperature minus 5 or 23 Fahrenheit. Barometric pressure at 102.2 and rising. In Moose Jaw, some freezing drizzle. 
Winds from the north at 26 kilometers an hour, temperature minus 6 degrees. Again in Regina, mist, north-northeast wind at 23 to 32 kilometers an hour, temperature minus 5. Back in a moment. Catch up with all your ag news anytime at saskagtoday.com. Now, back to Saskag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. This portion of Saskag Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience. McDougalAuction.com. And brought to you by Penison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Penison Liquid Systems, expect the best. For years, scientists have been attempting to keep pace with new virulent pathotypes of club root in canola. The most serious virulent club root pathotypes continue to be found in Alberta, where the disease originated. There has been quite a bit of progress in the development of club root resistant hybrids from scientists such as Tom Ernst with Corteva AgriScience in Edmonton. What I'm really excited about is the potential for molecular pathotyping. So currently right now to know what pathotypes are in your field or in your area, it's kind of an intensive greenhouse process. So right now we're deploying resistance against pathotypes by region or or by area. Whereas in the future, if we can differentiate pathotypes using a molecular test, then you could say specifically which resistant hybrid might be effective on those acres. And, and that Capacity is being developed right now, and, and I'm hopeful maybe in the next three, four years or something, we might have privately available pathotyping tests for club root. Ernst says the new technology has been a great tool for club root research scientists. So if we're looking at genomics for the pathogen itself and novel methods of producing, you know, pure lines of the pathogen, there's kind of really neat technologies being explored through the University of Alberta for creating these pure lines of the pathogen. And then the goal is to eventually, you know, do genomic work on it to be able to differentiate these pathotypes. So technology is taking us maybe a more targeted strategy where you can say, okay, this pathotype is here and this hybrid will work for that pathotype. And so eventually we'll get to that point. In terms of breeding technology, there's a huge range of clever resistance genetics being deployed in commercial varieties. So I'm excited to see like gene stacks being deployed and then gene stacks that are not only two resistant genes, but different from other clovert resistant gene stacks. And so the amount of clovert resistant genetics in commercial hybrids is just increasing and increasing. And so that's also quite exciting for me to see. Ernst says it's a matter of staying one step ahead of the evolving club root pathotypes kind of how long it took for these new virulent pathotypes to start um, showing themselves. You could expect maybe a multi-gene hybrid to be a little bit more durable in terms of selecting a specific pathotype that can overcome the resistance in that hybrid. But I think there's enough diversity out there in Western Canada in terms of club root that regardless of what resistance hybrid you're deploying, you're going to be selecting for some form of the pathogen that can overcome that resistance. And so I think a key message that we're trying to talk about is not only deploying clover resistance early, but look at varying the resistance being deployed in a rotational cycle. So if you grow clover resistance one, one year, and then the next time you go into canola cultivation, you grow a different resistance, then you're hopefully the kind of, uh, 
catastrophic or big buildup of any of these specific virulent pathotypes that can overcome any one specific resistance genes. Tom Ernst is a club root research scientist with Corteva AgriScience in Edmonton. You're listening to Saskag today. Keep it tuned here to 620 CKRM. We'll be back right after this. You're tuned in to Saskag today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskag today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumber yard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. A celebration of life was held on Saturday for Frank Flamen, a successful businessman and philanthropist who was very well known in rural Saskatchewan. The eulogy was delivered by two of Frank's grandsons in the Roman Catholic Church in his hometown of Southie, about an hour north of Regina. Frank Flamen was remembered for his sense of adventure, love of harmless pranks, and the many hours spent flying his own plane around North America, meeting customers and finding new products to sell back home. His grandson Mitch said his grandfather was far from a traditional businessman. He loved to wheel and deal and find out-of-the-box opportunities. Like when he had the feedlot north of town here, and grain wasn't worth very much, he would trade farmers' colored TVs for their grain so he could keep the herd fed and they could get rid of their grain. In 2005, the Frank J. Flamin Foundation was established to support many local and global charities. Mitch says his grandfather also quietly helped those in need. During the trip we took to Edmonton to hang out with Grandpa when I was a kid, I got my first experience of what giving back looked like through my grandpa's eyes. After buying some camping gear and groceries, we drove to a part of downtown Edmonton where the people were homeless and living on the streets. Now you have to remember, I grew up about a mile north of here, so I had never seen anything like this, and I'd never been in a city like Edmonton before. Grandpa pointed to a man on the street and said, go give this to him. And I didn't understand what we were doing or why, but when that man looked me in the eyes and thanked me, it all made perfect sense. The family says the Frank J. Flamin Foundation will live on and continue to build on the legacy that he created. Frank Flamin passed away a couple of weeks ago, two months shy of his 90th birthday. You're listening to Saskag today. We'll be back in a moment. Here's the market update with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Market update is brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. Looking for the perfect vehicle? They'll find a match that exactly fits your agriculture lifestyle. Proudly serving southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years. Grain prices at Viterra were mixed in early trading today. Canola is down $4.20 to $6.38.42. Number one red spring wheat is up $3.84, $3.33.51. Rest were unchanged. Durham 485.23, feed barley 277.58, chickpeas 1036.17, flax 641.04, lentils 780.50, oats 289.32, yellow peas 399.89, feed wheat 235.46. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for December is down eight and three quarter cents at seven dollars and twenty nine cents a bushel. Up next is the livestock report. The Saskag Today Livestock Reports on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. 
Livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock at 842-4574. Now here are the latest livestock quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of October 24th. Our last regular sale is on October 11th. Cows and bulls are still holding their own. D1 and D2 cows sold from $1.31 to $1.49. D3 cows sold from $1.20 to $1.30. Counter cows sold from $1 to $1.10. Hefferettes sold from $2.20 to $2.46. And good butcher bulls sold from $1.43 to $1.65. We had a pre-sorted Charlay and all breeds calf sale here on Monday, 300 to 400 pound steers averaged $4.48 and sold up to $4.83. 400 to 450 pound steers averaged $4.40 and sold up to $4.69. 450 to 500 pound steers averaged $4.12 and sold up to $4.69. 500 to 550 pound steers averaged $3.94 and sold up to $4.33. 550 to 600 pound steers averaged $3.72 and sold up to $3.99. 600 to 650-pound steers averaged $3.57 and sold up to $3.82. 650 to 700-pound steers averaged $3.44 and sold up to $3.69. 700 to 800-pound steers averaged $3.39 and sold up to $3.48. Heifers were about 50 cents back from the steers. Some of the highlights from the sale were a load of 500-pound tan steers at $4.00 at 33 cents a pound. A load of 550 pound tan steers at $3.99 a pound. A load of 600 pound tan steers at $3.82 a pound. A load of 650 pound tan steers at $3.69 a pound. And a group of 700 pound tan steers at $3.47 a pound. This has been Stephanie Digg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets cattle and the prices too. And now here are the latest pork prices. This is Bill Alford with the Hams Market Commentary for Tuesday, October 24th. Hams sold 7,800 hogs Monday, selling a range of 196 to 208 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 7,300 head, selling a range of 193 to 205 per CKG. Hams cash hog price today is mixed before contract prices open mixed this morning. On Monday, the Canadian dollar was up one basis point, with the daily exchange rate 1.3693. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 72.82 cents US. The negotiated Western Corn Belt approved $1.26, the National Region pulled back $1.04, and the cutout adjusted variant softened 97 cents US to 108 relative to the previous day. Despite the mixed nature of daily cash reporting, the weekly trend is so far biased lower in all reporting regions for the week by over $2 US 100 weight. Compared to the week ago average, the cutout is also starting off the week on a lower note, with the daily price coming in 21 cents lower than the previous week's benchmark. Occasionally, the cutout sees a U.S. Thanksgiving demand boost as late as a week or so from now, but with pork supply seasonally higher by some 15%, rising carcass weights and turkey prices are as much as 40% lower compared to last year, the demand for holiday hams could be somewhat muted this year. Lean hog futures are mixed this morning, but trading within the lower ends of their established ranges. This year, December is unlikely to see much support heading into the new year, and while the summer is almost certainly undervalued today, summer month contracts typically don't rally until into the new year. Coming up next, the Resource Report. It's the Saskag Today Resource Reports on 620 CKRM. Here's Ryan Young. Now the Resource Report brought to you by Mazank Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazank, 306-721-6667. 
The heads of Canada's major grocery chains have been put on notice as the House of Commons committee looks for an outline of how they plan to stabilize food prices. Following a successful NDP motion last week, the grocery executives were invited to testify about the measures their companies are taking to address food inflation. While Industry Minister Francois-Philippe Champagne previously said the companies plan to tackle rising prices with discounts, price freezes and price matching campaigns, most grocers have not confirmed any details. Champagne recently said he wished they would have been more forthcoming with the public on their commitments. The Parliamentary Committee is asking the grocers to submit their plans by November 2nd. Alberta's energy regulator is considering giving oil and gas companies an advance break on the environmental liabilities of old well sites before the cleanup is certified complete. The proposal would let companies reduce their liability for an old well as soon as the work has been done, instead of having to wait until the site has healthy plant cover. The regulator says the move would reward companies that remediate their old sites promptly, cutting the amount of environmental red ink on their books and making it easier for them to sell or buy old wells. Critics say the proposal weakens the ability of landowners to hold bad actors to account <laughs> to account, excuse me, and depends on an audit system that many already question. On the markets, the TSX is down 56 points at 18,990. The Dow is up 103 points to 30, 33,040. Oil is down a dollar eighty-four cents at eighty-three dollars sixty-five cents per barrel, and the Canadian dollar is at seventy-two point eight zero cents U.S. And that's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, you can tune in to the on-demand SaskAg Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. And that's going to do it for Tuesday's snowy edition of Sask Egg Today. I'm Ryan Young. Have a nice day. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicide.